It's a little, it's a little drawn out. All right, let's let's start it over. Let's no, start. I mean, no, I'm serious. It's a little drawn out, and it's like, it's like you're giving me a compliment on one hand, and in the other hand, like you dissing me in my face. So I don't know how to feel about that. Okay. You, know, okay. you say I'm old and grumpy. Yes, I. As you get older, you have less patience. I guess. You know what I'm saying, but give me a little more respect. Okay. A more justice. Let's do that. Let's let's rewind. Let's rewind, and you do the introduction. We'll keep. We'll, you do the introduction. You know how you want to be introduced. You let me know. No, no. You introduce me as Julian I, King, and people know him around in the UAE as Coach King. That's mm. it. We don't have to go into all the other stuff because that's stuff that you know. You know this is a different story. I can't time. see. You know, this is the thing, right? I'm a, you are my OG. I'm cut from your cloth, man. You know, you and my uncle. You guys you gave me a lot of the foundation. So as you would say, I only know how to keep it one way. So I can only keep oh, it so real. Now you want to listen? <laughs> oh, now you want to listen? So I'm saying I'll pass okay. you the rock. How you want to be introduced? I'll make it. You know, Eddie Kane. <laughs> look, look, how I you know, be no, I'm just saying you can just say a couple of my old nicknames. Mm-hmm. You know, my my old heads out here will know what you know what you're talking about. My Do you peers, prefer one? My peers will know what you're talking about, but. Let's just make it a little quicker. That's okay. all. It's a little drawn out. I want to give you your flowers, though. You know what I'm saying? That's cool. That's cool. I try to speed it up next yeah, time. That's all. I'm, that's all I'm asking. You got some. You got some nicknames you prefer. Like you got an A, B, and C, and then you want to leave it there. No, I'm 47 years old, man. I'm, I'm approaching 50. My name is Coach King. Coach King. Coach King for the kids that are playing and playing under him and under his tutelage and under his leadership. But you guys know who I'm talking to. <laughs> Jupac. <laughs> Jupac. Jupac. Well, you know, it was um it was an interesting week. Workload was a little bit different. Um still always successful. Each week is a blessing to keep moving forward, growing. Thank you to the parents in the midst of all of this chaos that are continuously coming to us. Um I haven't mentioned it yet, but we're business partners and we're building a basketball brand, basketball academy, basketball community called Who Mounts in Dubai. You can find us on Instagram at Who Mounts in DXB. You can find us online at hoopmountain.ae. Um, our WhatsApp numbers are available, emails, everything. And we love to talk to parents. Um, but shout out to all of our parents who are around supporting us. Um, you guys know that this is our livelihood and we also enjoy it. So thank you for that. Well, yes. How was the week before you, big dog? How was my week? Yeah. Um, that's interesting because... Um, as you say, it was a great week and everything. Yes, it was. The work. You said the workload was a little different. Well, let me explain to everybody back home and the UAE why the workload was a little different. <laughs> Somebody had a birthday recently and went on basically a four or five day birthday extravaganza. <laughs> you would think that he was some type of royalty prince, king or something like that, some type of sultan or something like that. And this gentleman, I won't say any names, just disappeared. (laughs) And so myself, Coach Ethan, had to pick up the slack for Coach Ryan. Oh, did I say his name? I'm Uh, sorry. uh, My bad. You know, but, you know, we understand this, you know, it's a one time a year type situation. 
But to say that the workload was different is being a little modest. All right, all right. Let's let's be clear because I one of your favorite sayings: "Don't assassinate my character." <laughs> now I didn't go a wall, right? I didn't just randomly say. Now we we agreed to it, and you know how it is when you got you got an OG like to bust your chop. That's one of those old sayings to where they going they going they going to talk trash. They are going to hit you. Hey, you just got to take it, all right? So we agreed. Talk to me. At at his core, you know, at his core, the OG it has a great heart. He's a loving guy at his core. You just got to get there. <laughs> That's like getting through a brick wall and then one of them old castle walls with some some great Dane standing there. But we agreed. He said, look, it's your birthday. We we deserve it. You know, take today off. And my birthday fell on the weekend. Like, take these couple of days off. We already had two days off anyway. But he said, take this other one off. I'll make Ethan pick up the slack. I was like, you sure? Because you know how Ethan is. He's like, nah, we got it. So, you know, me and my lovely girlfriend, we did, We she gave me some surprises. All I wanted to do was sleep. But, you know, she had some surprises. And some look, great surprises. I took, look, you can say I took full advantage. I did it the way sure, you were doing it. Yeah, yeah, you're supposed to. You're supposed look, to if, you're gonna, if, if someone's going to do it big, you're supposed to make sure. Shout out to 04. <laughs> look, you know, I've been, these, I'm a big Kobe fan. These are one of my presents. Man, listen, you guys know me. The Grinches, what? I missed out on these in high school and college. Got them now. Mm. <laughs> we, were, dude, we were just talking about this like a month ago. Yeah, we like, were. It's crazy. Ha ha ha. No, but you're right, for sure. But but it, w- it was a great week though for that. Yeah, for I'm that sure. Story. I'm glad you had a, you know a good birthday and everything. You know, and yeah. me and Ethan. Shout out to Ethan. Thank you for coming through in the clutch. Um, without you, this wouldn't be possible. <laughs> and um, you know, we need to give you your flowers because man, you like what you've done for us. All right, we can never. Repay. You want to tell the truth now? Because I remember vi- vividly. So on Sunday, on Sunday, I did pop in because we had a big crowd. So I did come in and do some work. And on Sunday, before Ethan got there, I swear, I hadn't seen Coach maybe a day or so. And Coach gave me for like 20 minutes. He was like, yo, Ethan, get on my nerves. <laughs> yo, Ethan, is just Ethan. I was like, I was like, man, you know, it's the young guy's thing. You know, he is a, he is a soldier. Ethan just He's so, learning as he goes. Just, just so you know, I say that about a lot of people. My mom, my stepfather, listen, I'm just, that's just me. Oscar the Grouch. But I, but I got love for you. You know that. For you sure. Know that. That's our guy, for sure. <laughs> That's good though. But and speaking of, now tell the people the truth. You know, we we never leave the OG out. As, as my girl would say, hey, Coach King's my uncle now too. <laughs> but I had some great food. Had some great food. And, you know, Coach and I, we're on the east, we're on the eastern part of the world by ourselves. So Coach always looks out for me. You know, so I make sure I look out for him. So you tell the truth. You had some nice dinners, some nice desserts, some nice little things coming your way. I did. But it was a situation where, like, it wasn't like, let me let me get ahead of everything and let me offer this to coach. It was kind of almost like guilt. No. I, was, I, I, was, I gave was, you, I left the food. I left the food on the and counter. And if you. it weren't for a certain someone, special person, if they weren't, like, kind of, like, nudging the situation – I probably wouldn't have seen anything. No, that's a lie. That is a lie, man. That's it's okay. It's, but you but got it, though. You it's got okay. It, it, I mean, it was, but it's okay. I mean, I'm used to, you know, working hard and being in the background. That's, man. When you guys won a lot of championships in high school, 
when you guys were in front of the, the cameras and everything, what did I always do? I always went to the back. That's because you had that brown blazer on. Because I said it's about the, the players. <laughs> anyway, he, he cool. Actually, actually, the blazer was blue was our, with the school emblem on it. It was blue. That was, man, listen, I can't. I need to sit down with some of your friends when you're not around. So that way, that way, like Chaz, you know what I'm saying, Dermy, I need to sit with them when you're not around. I think that's what we're going to do. Shout out to Chaz. I'm going to do that in the summertime. In I'm going to get it. right now. Shout out to Dermy. No, yeah, he's at West Springfield, he's a boys basketball coach. He always cheats, but he's my man, though. He's my man. <laughs> no, I got something. I'm gonna I'm table that. Write this down, Ethan. In the summertime, when we leave for the state, I'm gonna do a little interview segment with coach's friends without him there, and we're gonna put that out like a little summer exclusive, so they can tell the truth about the OG. Because you know yeah. he try to bully me sometimes, so we see how this goes. First of all, that's not in my nature. <laughs> exactly. Anybody who knows me knows that's not my nature. Well, I'm an easy going guy. I'm gonna teach you a word that you ain't really know. Cat. That's cat. Mm. That's cat. That's a new slang, but that's BS. <laughs> Fugazi. <laughs> like I know what that means, but that's I'm, cat. Like I'm offended cat. that you're coming at me like that. That's, but cat, that's okay. Man. But you no, know, assassination. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. But but I hate you. Do look like you're still, you know, it's getting hotter out here. You look like you're still getting your workout in. I'm so. trying. I'm trying, man. I'm yeah. trying. You know, we, we got so much work to do. You know, in between any downtime we have, you know, we 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 hustle to the gym. Yeah, yeah. And the bas- basketball as a business is something that people don't really understand the complexities. Um, you know, you talk about entrepreneurship on its own right is difficult. Right? But when you're doing more of a service and a service to families, kids in particular, um, that battle is just completely different. As you right. always say, it takes a different type of a person to put that together. But, um, you know, it's awful good cause. And it's starting to get a little hot here as we still see snow and things back home. It's always beef time, maybe. Yeah, it's getting warm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's real. For sure. That's real. But um, you know, that's good. We had good weeks. Let's get into some of them hoops action. Okay. Hoops action. Um, you know, I'm a big LaMelo ball guy. I've, I have been. It's on record. It's For on sure. Wax. You predicted it. It's you on Wax. It. Yeah, you know, I'll give my you that. guys before talked about it. Um, he's He's been nothing short. Since he's gotten into the starting lineup, I believe he's been averaging 20 points, um, over six assists and over six rebounds. He leads all rookies in points, assists, and rebounds. Um, Ain't no turning back, as my boys, as a couple of my guys back home would say, the greatest thing um, MJ ever did in his career as a GM and an owner was draft LaMelo Ball. Right. Right? And, man, this most recent game that we are, you know, as you guys know, we filmed this on different days. The last game that they played was against the Blazers, where they played um, a scorching uh, Carmelo Anthony, the, the original Melo. And he put up 29, and then LaMelo himself had 38, 6, and 4 steals. Right. <laughs> he went crazy. You know, he 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 rose to the occasion because he knew that that's the old Melo. And, you know, you know he has a lot of respect for Melo, Carmelo, that is. Mm-hmm. But he still wanted to go out there and, and, and show his worth. And uh, as you predicted, you know, you and I actually talked about this beforehand what type of impact he would have on the league. And you said he'd have an instant impact. I said it'd be maybe mid-season, toward the end of the season. But, you know, you were right. Yeah. He's, he's come in 
he's ready to go. Yeah. Like by he's by far living up to the expectations. Absolutely. And one of the things that that pushed me to it to where I was like, it's gonna be different. Because I think mentally he's at a whole different place than what general, what most rookies would be coming in. And I think Anthony Edwards is too, to an extent, but he just got a, a, a bad, a bad organization. <laughs> like it's just a tough place Come to on, play. Yeah, yeah right. Not, well, when you talk about Melo, Melo is the youngest of three brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Lonzo was the OG, the older brother, and they've been in the limelight since. Melo was in ninth grade. Melo didn't even finish high school. Right. He went right overseas at like 16. Right. And so, you know, we'll talk about that overseas path, but it doesn't matter what age you are. You know, Brandon Jennings did it first. Shout out right. to him for paving the way. But that's not easy. Do that at 16 right. and do those things. Like mentally, I'm thinking like being able to play in the league where you're around what you're familiar with, that's going to be cake. And um, he has a great mentor out of Detroit. I think it's Jermaine Jackson. Jermaine Jackson, yep. Yeah. Long time NBA journeyman. Who knows what it takes to get into a certain spot and stick, you know, and that's what he did. Um, and so, you know, he got he's got somebody giving him the reel every day. Yeah. You know, and pushing him. Pushing him. And that's that, that's an investment. Yep. Right. That's one of those things to where you're like, okay, how do I make sure my clay, my canvas turns out into the beautiful picture that I want? Put the right tools behind it. Yep. And so the metal got that and you know, one of the things out of the Kobe, I, I rewatched a little clip from Kobe's interview with, um, you know, the Knuckleheads pod with Darius Miles and Q Rich. Um, and he talked about how, you know, if he got drafted by a different organization, like if he would have stayed with Charlotte, ironically, to where he would have played more instantly than he did when he was in L.A. where they were already all-stars. Eddie Jones was there. Nick Van Etzel, Shaq, you know, you got to play behind. Right. If he would have went somewhere else and got the ball immediately – he would have more all-time points, more MVPs, more scoring titles, more of those things. But the winning would be sacrificed, right. right? When you talk about a kid being able to go into an organization and get the keys to the car early, what that can do for confidence and where they where their um, their potential can go. No. Okay. Well, in 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 Mello, Mello's situation, he didn't necessarily get the keys right away. He had to come off the bench, and so for him to Embrace that role coming off the bench shows his maturity mm-hmm. because, you know, being the number two, number three pick, whatever, um, you know, you want to come in. You think especially for an organization like the, show, the Hornets, you think you're going to come in and start. They yeah. brought him off the bench, yeah. you know, and he didn't complain, you know, at least publicly. Yeah. We don't know if he complained or whatever, um, but he came in and just played his role and he got to a point where. You couldn't keep him on the bench. Yeah. You had to start him at some point. So mm-hmm. it shows a lot of maturity. And plus the organization did a – I think they're doing right by him. For sure. I like I like him because they did ask him that publicly after the game. And he said, it's not like I've been in the league four years. I've been a couple months. Right. And I don't expect any of that. But what I also respect is once you gave him the light, won't nobody else get in the back. You right. know, that's one of those things to where your moment is right there. You, what you're going to do with it. Right. right? But on the flip side, I think this needs to be talked about, too. Lonzo Ball has been having a, a really, really good season, too, developing, right? Sure. Like, and this one of those sides to where, and you always talk to me about it, it Lonzo, since he got in the league, has been very, very solid. Sure. Right? Yes. I think sometimes people forget coming to the NBA, 19, 20, 21, and you get into the league, 
it's like working, walking into that workforce where you're a young buck and everybody been working 20, 30 years or whatever. You just getting here. Like sometimes people expect everybody to be brawn and you get into the league with grown men, professionals, right. with professional routines, right. scientific, and you expect and you major responsibilities. Man, big time. You expect them to explode. And even then, Lonzo was solid defender, solid point guard to do what he can while he was a, in the first two or three years. Now it's starting to click a little bit. You know, he's one of the better three-point shooters. He has the most made threes for for um, New Orleans right now. And I will say, if you look at Lonzo's stat line, you can tell how well New Orleans has played. Right. Because he he's the engine that makes them go. But his, his previous years in the league, it wasn't that he um, wasn't playing well. It's just the fact that being a high pick, people expect so much out of you. Mm-hmm. But that's not his that's not his personality. His personality is that I'm just gonna go in and do what the team needs to get the job done and I'm gonna go home. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not loud and boisterous. You know, his little brother is a little, you know, his brother star. enjoys the limelight. Yeah. You know, Alonzo mm-hmm. is a guy that can, he's gonna go in and play hard and just go home. But mm-hmm. he's played well. And I think the issue is uh, the reason his numbers have jumped a little bit is because there's so much, there's so many rumors about trade talks. Mm-hmm. And so he's trying to quiet the rumors. And, and the, the number one rumor is that he's not aggressive enough. Yeah. And so now he's asserting his aggressiveness. And so people are beginning to see like, whoa, you can do this? Yes. You can do that? Yes. So, so he's in a good space right now. And, um, you know, uh, I think that New Orleans would be dumb to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Because he can do so many things and he doesn't need plays run for him. He doesn't need the limelight, which would fit good with Zion. But And Brandon Ingram. And Brandon Ingram. But we all know the Pelicans don't have a great yeah. they don't have a great track record for being a good organization. Yeah, I don't think they hired a, a good coaching fit for that group of young guys either with right. Stan Van Gutty. So that may um like I said, as of late though, because Lonzo is a six six guard. Strong, right, right? He can get downhill. He can guard as Anybody. well. Yep. Guard anywhere. And between him and his brothers are both, both great rebounders at the guard position. All right. So that allows you to start to break quicker. You know what I'm saying? It allow it gives you an added advantage there. And the offensive rebounders as well. So when you have a guy like Lonzo who can get you those numbers, you just got to push it. You talk when he gives you what you need. Right. Now that you know you need, he knows that you need him to be aggressive. He's more confident now. He knows his niche. Because that's another thing about playing NBA, right? NBA is not like college and high school to where if you're just better than everybody, you can just be there. Right. You got to find a niche. You got to find your spots that right. you can get to because you doing those things in front of Drew Holiday or whatever guards, they ain't going to cut it. Right. It's, and this number one thing, let's shout out to whoever he's working with in terms of his shot. Changing his shot. Thank you, Lord, has helped him tremendously. Yeah. Now he he worked through it last year with the change in form. Now he's getting more confident with him, and it shows his, his shooting percentage. So whoever he's working with, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, that's real. That's real. And, that, and that's all a part of the process. Last episode, we talked about pieces to the puzzle, taking one step at a time to get there. Like, yep. it's, it's a pro. It's a man's league. Like, right. you got you to gotta work your way up into it. So – Lonzo, we see you. 
Uh, you know, of course, Lil Bro is going to be the star, star-studded guy, but you know slouch either. You keep working. You keep working. working. Right. You, you're in a position where you can win some games. Right. You know, and, and Charlotte is doing pretty well, too. But, um, you know, that's, that's good to see on top of that. But let's transition a little bit. Um, we talk about Dame Lillard. Dame um, Dollar. Maybe about five, ten seconds before we press hit it live on um, the, the video. I, I saw a quick little post about Dame talking about people who already know the year he's had. And it's that side of athletes and people who are in the limelight that fans and just everyday people who don't think about for selfish reasons because they don't have to. They don't really care. They only want to see what's going on. But Dave talked about how tough these last 18 months were for him. And, and not even just due to the COVID stuff, but, you know, he had he found a, the dead body of his cousin and personal chef. And then an aunt died from cancer and another family friend from COVID. And then another cousin was killed in Oakland. And then last Thursday before the Lakers game, he learned of, of, of a shooting death of two people that is in the circle. That's a lot of loss right? to have sure to deal with. Yeah. And then you're listening to people like us saying, you need to get out of Portland, go get a ring. Right, right. <laughs> you know, go do something. He's talking minuscule. Right. Well, it, it's, it's, it, I'm not going to say it's fans being selfish. Yeah. It's the fact that we just don't know. Yeah. Because Some we, people don't care. Uh, what did Doughboy say? Uh, on the porch at the end of the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they don't know. Right. <laughs> no, don't show. Right. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> but for the most part, anybody who's a true Damian Lillard fan, mm-hmm. you would care. But this is a side of him that we can't expect him to Sure. To express with us because I mean it's personal. So now that we find out these things, now we we respect the the play that he's been putting forth this year even more. Yeah. You know because he's been playing as a as a true professional. Um, for those who are haters of the Damian Lillard, now you should have a little more respect for him and say, man, you've been able to go through all this stuff and play without skipping a beat. But that's just the you know, those are the, you know, the pros and cons of being a professional athlete and a star at at that, you know. And, um, you know, you can take the good with the bad. And, and Damon Lillard has done a, a really good job of just, like, rolling with the punches. And uh, I hope that, you know, he and his family um, continue to, you know, persevere through these tough times and um, hope he continues to play well. Yeah, he's a stand-up guy. This would be one of those moments where I would like to see a reverse effect, right, to where – the fans and your supporters kind of be a pedestal to help galvanize and help you get that stuff together. Right. Man, you give us great moments on the court. And that's Ooh. not, you don't do that for us. Right. <laughs> right. You do that for you, the, those people that are in your inner circle. So this is a time where, you know, those fans are up let, let me go a step further, too. You give us good times on the mic, too. Fact. Because there's been some, yeah. there's been some athletes who were superstar athletes. I won't say many names <laughs> that were terrible on the mic. And Dame, you're respectable, man. For yeah, real. Like I'll talking. listen to you. So I I I got love for you for that. For yeah. sure. And, and a loyal guy. For sure. Yeah. And we know how loyal to A little too loyal. But yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. you know, give them a deadline. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Like sure. But we want to just recognize that because in the midst of everything. In the midst of everything. We don't know if that was a fire alarm or what, but we just keep going. Ethan. Yeah. That was you, man? 
I want to say throw, <laughs> throw a mic at him. But in the midst of everything, we also just got to remember that, you know, um, everybody's a person first. For sure. Right? So sure. No, no matter what's going on, we do. We have our days, we have our things. So, you know, sometimes the support from each other will, will keep us moving. But, right. No, uh, Dame, shout out to you, man. Yep. We sure. we understand, you know, coach has his days of having to fight through some big battles too. So we all feel you, big dog. Yeah, um, dealing with you. Yeah, nah, every, look, every week. Look, man, you're gonna appreciate me one day, man. No, I, I, I appreciate you. I love you. I love you like a son, but man, anybody who knows who uh anybody who has Children know that some days they could kill their children. Man, crazy. So let's let's go over just some quick topics. We got a couple of things we can get on. Okay. Um, D book is still killing it. He was just named West Player of the Week. I'm still going in. The by the time this comes out, the All Star game would have been already played. So I'm just gonna go ahead and say I'm going for D book for three point champion and D book for the uh, All Star game MVP. List up all the participants for the uh, slam dunk and. The um the skills challenge stuff. Mm. Um, they put Did Zion out. get the dunk contest? I don't know. I don't know. I, know I don't know if he's he that might. creative. I don't want to see Zion. He ain't, he ain't that graceful in the air. I don't he's know. He's strong as an ox. I don't stuff. know. I keep seeing him bounce off people and stuff. I don't know. I'm thinking another like uh, Blake Griffin. Him. Um, then we got uh, Joe Kim Noah retiring finally. You know, respect very Res- respectable, respectably. Career. Yeah, very yeah. respectable career. Um, you know, you held it down for your time there. Um, 59 years ago, on March the 2nd, Wilt scored 100 points in Chuck <laughs> Taylor's. White, <laughs> high-top Chuck <laughs> Taylor's <laughs> from, like, from, from 59 years ago. In Hershey, Pennsylvania. Look, the myth himself, man, in the, he's a different beast. And them high top chucks. Yo, and he had 25 boards that night. Mm, that's crazy. How many of them boards was off his own missed shot, though? I don't know. He took 60 yeah. shots. Jesus. But remember, he 60 scored. 60 to get 100? That's but, not bad. But he scored 100 points with no three pointers. Yeah. So that's really, gangster. I'm he, sorry. Did he really score it, though? Come on, yes. Where the tape at? The NBA didn't record them? Yes, it was 19. Bro, I seen Bob Cousy and them run around in circles dribbling the ball like a million times. Yeah, in the playoffs. We're talking about in Hershey, Pennsylvania. That's not even a regular NBA spot. Hershey. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Hershey, Pennsylvania, for those of yeah. you that don't know, that's a place where you go to the amusement park. That's it. Hershey's chocolate. That's exactly what y'all think it is. I did. I remember they used to take trips there in uh, middle school. <laughs> I used to be like, Hershey, man. I don't give a damn about Hershey. I'm good. I stay at the crib. We ain't got none of that. Um, you were you were less cultured. Yeah, yeah. For good reason. For good reason. Forget that. Um, we got the Rockets announcing that they'll retire Harden's 13 jersey. You know, showing love to, to the man himself. You know, the big dog there. I respect it. Um, he... After Hakeem Olajuwon, he's the greatest rocket, right? I guess so. Yeah, I mean, we can't. We can, I guess think so. That, I guess so. I mean, Hakeem the only one that got him two rings, so I ain't never putting him over Hakeem. I guess so. I, I mean, I put him in there. Definitely, he's he's one top two or three rockets of all time, for sure. It's just who would also be in that conversation? Man, what about my man, um, Katina Mobley? 
Shout out to Cat. Shout out to Cat. That's he my go. guy. He you know go. what I'm saying? He can go. But I'm thinking. I'm just thinking more along the lines of like I'm putting him over Clyde. Oof. Put him over. Clyde. I, I just. I just have a. I have an infinity for those guys that played along a king. You know, we're talking about Sam Cassell. Was it uh, Ellie? Was Kenny Ellie there? Smith. Was Mario Elliott was there. I mean, just like Mario Elliott was there. Like, it's just James Harden, yes. I'm talking about individual play. Individual play, yeah. He's he definitely top three for sure. It's just, man, it's just that it, I'm just so disappointed in, like, some of the results in terms of James Harden's playoff run. That's all. That's all I'm saying. You know what I also noticed? Because I know a part of the reason why you're even more disappointed is because that year he's with CP3. And CP3 is your guy. Yeah, you know, CP3 is my and guy. And you know, and you know, see, that was the that was the moment. That was the time for CP3 to get to where he wanted to, the promised land. Yeah, get to the and, and Harden was supposed to be the one for that, but you saw kind of like Harden ain't really ready to take those sacrifices right. like that. Right. So that still stick with you a little bit on it. Yeah, I mean it does. Because Harden has the ability to do to get it done. But you can have the talent to do it, but you gotta have the mentality to wanna do it. And to see him somewhat quit on his teammates in certain situations, that bothers me, man. It just, it True. just does. And like I say, you know I love Harden's game. I love Harden's game since he was at Arizona State. Right. Because I was like, yo, he's got an old man's game, but he's a young boy. And he's got – so he's going to play in the league 30 – you know, you know, not 30 years. But he's going to play in the league a long time and get buckets. Yeah, because he's fat and getting it done right now. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's chubby. Yeah, he's working yeah, – he's getting back in shape. So I'm hoping that, you know, even with even though it's not with Houston, but with the, the Nets now, that Harden knows that, like, yo, my time is – my time is running out. Yeah, I got right. a couple more years in me. I got to make this count. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, respect to the, to the Rockets for showing that love. Oh, man. for sure. Um, another little quick hitter. Kyrie, Kyrie Irving warns Europe and um, America that, you know, the time is coming to reconcile. All right. We All right. About it. We didn't talk about it. So, let's go. <laughs> no, don't leave the set, man. All right. Shout out to Kyrie, though. Kyrie has to have a point in that what he's talking about is that eventually all that wrongdoing that everybody's been persecuting people and everything else, you're going to have to, you know, reconcile and deal with those things. Eventually. Yes, so that we know that. Point. that point. We but, know that. Um, Ricky Rubio was candid about his time in, um, in uh, Minnesota right now. How there's no accountability. There's a bunch of bad habits being built. And on top of that, it looks like everybody's okay with that. Nobody wants to win. Nobody wants to change the habits. Nobody's actually trying. This is this is Rubio after he had. This is his second stint with right. them. So he left and went to some other organizations to where you know one being the last one in Phoenix when they had that great run in the bubble to where right. got to be Monty. Right. You know, see some different things. Rubio is a smart player. He, we, we've never had an issue with Rubio's IQ. We only had an issue with Rubio at the beginning. His defense. Yes. His defense. Well, he's a little European. <laughs> well, he's European. We, we give you a break for that. But he's he stepped up the game on that. He's changed. He's evolved. But we all know Minnesota. Let's be real. I would take a job with Minnesota because I need a job as head coach. But Minnesota as an organization sucks. We know that from top to bottom. 
You know what I'm saying? You guys don't do a good job of developing your talent. You don't do a good job of managing what you do have currently and holding people accountable. That's just everybody knows that this is not anything that is is um, um, hidden or, or behind the scenes. Everybody knows that right. you go to Minnesota to basically you play well, you try to get to a, a better destination. You play bad, it's time to retire. Right. We know that. So it's okay. Rubio, we Ru- feel you. Rubio trying to get a win though. That's what it is. I, I know. He got that taste of that that playoff bump and how that because you know that competitive juice. You yeah. feel it? He's like, man, y'all ain't even gonna try. I'm old. Yeah, you get, well, you just gotta go through, play through your your contract yeah. and get out and yeah. play, go somewhere else for a lesser amount, and then do your thing. That's what I mean. That's what I, I hope they get that together though, because in the midst of that, that one shining light is, you know, um, D'Lo's been hurt, D'Angelo Russell's been hurt, right. and uh, Kyle Anthony Towns like basketball is. Not even words. He just had to deal with so much, right? Right. Personally right, and everything. Sure. I think he just got back late, so everything else did. But that one shining light, that one shining moment. Shout out! It's March. It's March Madness time, so you know that song is about to pop up. That in March Madness, my future. Right. <laughs> but um, you know, we talk about Anthony Edwards. Just that young talent, man. He's just shining brighter than what that space is. But you know, hey, it's a blessing to be in the league, and sometimes you just gotta. Go through those stones in the beginning. To, to sure, I mean, I mean, everybody that's in the league is a blessing, of course, like you said, Coach. But what are you in the league for? You're in, you're in the league to get riches and take care of your family, of course. But ultimately, you want to win mm-hmm. because winning makes everything worthwhile. For sure. And so if you're not winning, eh, you know, it's time to find somewhere that does want to win. So that's where Minnesota is right now. And for those of you that don't know, especially in the UAE, Minnesota's cold. Freezing. Freezing. Man. Great people, but it's freezing cold there. Shout out to Prince. Man, I think I had a layover flight there one time. And I was like, yo, it, this is not it. Don't oh, ever yeah. have this happen again. Yeah, and then we were just in the airport. We didn't even leave the airport. I was like, yo, this is terrible. But um, hey, this is like this is. I swear we don't have nothing personal against Minnesota Timberwolves because I might have said something about them almost every episode. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like I, I'm just it's basketball guys, and we just know like you know some things got to change to see some progress. But for sure. we'll leave them alone. Now, shout out to the Knicks. You know, they, I didn't think I would. I don't think I didn't expect for you or myself or anybody to say that. And but mean we, it. But we got to give them credit. Right now. You guys are doing your thing, Knicks. Listen, this is, this. is they just finished in February with their first winning month since 2017. 9-5. And I believe they're in the playoff race. They have an all-star. Yeah, they're in the playoff race, if I'm not mistaken. Ethan, pull that up to see if they're uh, their standings. But they have an all-star in Julius Randle, one that is really, really de- deserving. Uh, yeah, um, I always liked his game. Yeah, so, and he's also in the skills challenge for the All-Star game. All-Star game, skills challenge. You got Robert Covington from the from the Blazers, Luca from the Mavericks, Chris Paul, Julius Randle, Sabonis from the Pacers, and uh, Vucevic from the Magic. Okay. Who you got winning that? Ooh, that's tough. I don't even want to call it. I think Luca going to be BSing. I mean, he's going to get down. He's laughing. 
I'm gonna go with a big guy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go Sabonis. I mean, he's skilled though. Yeah. I mean, think he. I mean, listen, Sabonis got good genes. Great. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he, he, we got the sharp version. Shout of out to Arvidas. Yeah, so we're gonna have to give him a little segment later. But I'm gonna go with Sabonis. For okay. My winner. Okay, I'm with you with that. I mean, seriously, I mean, yeah, he's just got good genes. And he's, yeah. he's hungry. Hey, so you got Chris Paul in him. You know, he don't like to lose. Yeah, but Chris Paul, is, like, he got yeah. so many other things. Yeah, right yeah, he now. got a whole lot going on. Yeah. But he is like almost like an honorary host of it because of everything he's doing. So he might got to make sure he win that with the thing. But I'm going to go with some bonus for that. Three-point contest. You got Devin Booker, Jalen Brown, Steph, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, and Jason Taylor. I'm going with D-Book. I got Steph. I, Steph is trying to assert his yeah. dominance to let everybody know Clay is hurt. But we are down a little bit, but I still got this my, gun. My Lake Show beat them by like 30 the other night after we got uh, Schroeder back. <laughs> but I'm going to go with Book, but I, I got my dark horse right now for Zach Levine. That's mm. our dark horse sleeper. That's Zach your guy. Levine. Yeah. You know Zach, been, that's your guy. You know, I've been saying it. I've been saying it for, for a couple of years. And me and my, my boys in our group chat, we've been saying it since the day he got drafted and was on a team with um, in Minnesota, of all places, maybe I think that's where my disdain starts in Minnesota because they <laughs> shipped him out and kept Wiggins and was portraying it as if Wiggins was was better. And the media pushes for Wiggins. That's why I think also it took so long for Levine to get the love. But when you that nice, regardless of how they do it, you are gonna have to give them the love on the stuff. But right. I got I got Levine as a dark horse, but I'm going. I got my money on. On Devin Book, I'm gonna have to call fan duel. <laughs> yeah, deep book for sure. Dunk contest. Uh, only three participants. Only three. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Unless unless Ethan got some stuff messed up, but it's Anthony Simmons. Simons, I'm sorry from the Blazers. Cassius Stanley from the Pacers and Obi Toppin from the Knicks. Ooh, Obi, Obi, Top- Obi, 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 Obi. Let me say you gonna you gonna Obi? Yeah. All right, I'm, I'm gonna say this because I'm a I'm a young and I know Cassius Stanley. Cassius Stanley do little, he do some things a little different. I've seen some in game dunks by Obi. Yeah, but Cassius Cassius got some got some things with him though, so I'm gonna go that way. But um, but shout out to the Knicks. This is gonna be an interesting All Star game. We um, need we need the Knicks to be good though. We need them to be relevant. Sure. Yeah. You yeah. can't be the mecca of basketball at MSG, man, and, and not be good. Yeah, they trash. But hey, we here now. Um, man, you were telling me a story. One of your guys said something crazy. Um, shout out to everybody that's been watching us on video, tapping in with us. Um, this is this is dope for us. It is even even more fun to be able to interact with some of you guys, but. Um, before we transition to some other space, you've been how your how your OG's been looking at, how your people been looking at. My my guys are good except for one. Yeah, he ain't really an OG. He's one of my youngins. Right, right. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna give everybody his name. Michael T J Mazik. He's a guy that you know he's run a radio station himself. He's done a podcast before, seven eight years before us, what have you. And he's always critiquing us, and I. I appreciate his constructive criticism because it helps us. For sure. Because we're young. Yeah. But recently, you know, he always, he got into a little, 
how can I say, a little joking moment with me and Coach Ryan, where he said that, you know, we need to maybe change the name of our podcast to, to Pushing It Back. And he's referring to our hairlines. But let me say this to everybody. For the person that's speaking to us, pointing a finger at us, there's three more pointing back at you <laughs> because I know the truth. I know the truth. You went bald early and you didn't want to admit it that you needed to come on home. You know what I'm saying? And give it up. Yeah. But you're talking about us. Yeah. I'm, I'm back a little bit. I'm 47. Coach Ryan is back a little bit. But you know what? We're still growing. <laughs> We're still growing. That's the thing. Our podcast is growing. Our hair is growing. You know what I'm saying? Can you say the same thing, TJ Mazik? Don't come at me like that. You know I got your back. I'm your old head. Yeah. But don't disrespect us like that, man. Come on, respect us. No, that's real. Come but on, man. Let's let's talk about it. And then on top of that, let's add in the fact we in Dubai. In Dubai. Where you where you get loud. Listen, like, you know, I had to do a, a stint. You know what I'm saying? I served my time. You served in prep, in, sure. <laughs> in prep school, where then I was at a military prep school. I had to I had to shave, right? Yes. And I remember telling them, yo, I'm black. I can't shave every day. That ain't gonna happen. <laughs> right, right. And I had to get the Andes. Yeah. You know, the trimmers, right? And we don't have that out here. That's one of the first things I get when I go home when I come back after the summer. I'm bringing some bevels back so I can get my bed and everything right. right. We'll have that. They got the walls for the UK hair. The barbers, you know, like sometimes I can get a good one, one or two. They don't leave. Shout out to Ethan. has got bird nests on top of his head right now as we speak. Ethan looks like a Bollywood star. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but we don't have no. But one thing even my barber said to me when I first got here and it was cutting, he's like, I think it was like October or something last year. And I'm to now, he's like, look, you saved yourself by letting your hair grow. Yeah. And I'm 29, a fresh 29. And I know people that I was in high school with yes. that was going bald. I know people that was 21, 22, yeah. and they won't grow it. You know what I'm saying? We here right now. We yeah, here. So I'm going to take sure. it. I'm going to let it go. For sure. Those of you that know me, when we were in college, we were broke. You know what I'm saying? You got to cut your own hair sometimes if you ain't having money. So you you have a messed up cut some weeks. Next week, you all right? <laughs> But I'm, a, I'm an adult. I ain't rich or anything like that. But I can get a haircut. But I ain't back at the crib. So I'm I'm struggling right now. You know what I'm saying? So don't judge me by what you see now. Yeah, man. You can you can pass judgment on me when I come back to the crib and I've been home for a month. Yeah, and I don't have any excuses then. Yeah. Right now, come on, just love us, man. And y'all got some nerve, right? I remember. All of them old school nineties hoopers, all them, uh, all them little things I see with Childress and and Van Axel and all those guys. Y'all was bald at 21, 22, 19. Jalen Jalen Rose, he got the waviest waves in the world right now. He was bald when he was in the Fab Five. Shout out to Jalen Rose. <laughs> I got guys. love for you. You know, I, I watch guys. you all the time. But come on, man. Mm. You ain't just come home. You came home and went back out. Listen. Come on, man. How do you have such a, a crisp hairline right now as if you're 18, 19 again? Man, he he went back in time. He went back. Tell me the secret, man. man. You, can just, you can just message me personally and be like, yo, 
It's the fact that I got bread. I'd be like, okay, I accept that. You know what I'm saying? But come on, man. Uh, you look, rubbing in everybody's faces every man, day? Chris. Come on, man. And, and it's crazy, too, because I remember seeing a pic of Clyde Drexler. He was with the Blazers. He was like 27. Oh, yeah. And he, and he looked like he was a pimp in that uh, black exploitation movie come on, with, with Goldie and Jim Brown. And yeah, like, come on. Clyde was the, coming home back the, then, man. He had the chops. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was yeah. like, 27. Look. Come on, man. I'm here, man. So all of the little jokes is cute, you know what I'm saying? But I'm still growing. We're still playing on the seeds, <laughs> man. But we um let's get back to, to the action basketball talk. The reason why people are here. The game itself, right? We and we're gonna talk about this from because it starts at the top. We always talk about everything. It starts at the top and how our um coaching. And the organizational stuff, whether it's athletic director, GM, owner, or whatever, it all trickles down and it dictates the success of the team itself, right? Everything matters. And we talk about Lonzo and Melo, and let's go Lonzo specifically about him getting into the league, drafted number two pick, whatever. So he is a 19 year old kid coming into the NBA with grown men. This is a this is a lifestyle, a profession. It's a completely way of doing things. Like it's different from how we were playing basketball. And now it's your job. Now you got actual things to adhere to and get ready for, right? Well, it's and it's an investment. You're getting paid millions of dollars. Right. You know, a company, the, the organization is investing that money into you as right. a player in hopes that you'll get somewhere, right? But is the game suffering with the way organizations are handling those young players? In my opinion, yes. Because even though we know that they're actively drafting players at a younger age, they are not taking the necessary steps to protect those players, to nurture those players. And then um, after those players serve out their three years, and then it becomes a situation where the the team, the organization has an option for your contract, we toss those players aside and we say that those players were busts. But did we necessarily put everything in place for those players to be successful? You got to think, a player coming into college is 17, 18 years old. So they're coming into a situation where back in the day where they would be in college for a minimum for three years. Okay, two years if you're for, if you're a phenomenal player, but we're talking about in today's society, one year because you got to go where the money is. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just a fact of life. I'm sorry, everybody, but knowing that these players are coming in after being a one and done in college, or even two years, you got to have certain things in place where these guys can can grow in their certain cities, their certain organizations, and be successful. You can't hold them accountable for that because they're still kids. I'm sorry. You're typically a kid until you graduate from college, and you graduate from college at age 22. Mm-hmm. And then we all know at 22, you still make mistakes. Yeah. So we're talking about now you're 20, 21, and you got a million dollars. So now that one mistake that you would typically make as a 22-year-old leaving college you made two, three, four mistakes, okay? 
And, so, they, and they weigh more. And they weigh a lot weigh, more. Way more. Right. Because there's more at risk. Mm-hmm. So it's up to the organization to if you're gonna if you're gonna draft a player, you gotta invest the player, invest in a player long term. Yeah. And so make sure they have the right stuff in, in place where they can be successful. Mm-hmm. Now, will it always pan out? No. But I tell you what, for those organizations that have done this. We've seen that their draft picks have been more successful. San Antonio. San Antonio. OKC now. OKC, Golden State. Miami Heat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the usual suspects. Yeah. Starts up top. It is interesting. I don't want to talk about, um, you know, people in this matter, but just for optics, right? Just thinking about it. We put together a business plan, right? We're running this business here for Who Mountain Dubai. Then starting a media company on the side, and we have to put in our money and our time into everything that we're doing, right? One, we want to make sure that, and the end goal and the end result is successful, yep. right? So what we're doing ahead of time is we're scouting out everything. What are our needs? You know, they call it that SWOT analysis. What are our strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, everything else, right? What are we breaking down there? How do we get it? How much money? Where do we go to get the best resources? How can we make that stuff work here? And we put that in together. We're looking at everything, the business plan and how to make it successful. Right. I look at my draft pick. I'm an organization that has not done well. And I'm looking at this individual, this young man, as somebody who can take our organization to another spot. Right? I need to look at him and give him a business plan. Correct. Right? Like you said, the staff are going to put around the team and everyone there is going to be a staff that's going to be geared towards the weaknesses this player has. Right. So I can nurture them, make them grow. Right. We're talking about the fact that, yes, they are professionals. When this is why they talk about needing OGs on the team in the locker room so they can teach those guys how to be professional. Shout out to Udonis Haslam in Miami. Yeah. He getting paid for that. Even Jared Dudley to an extent. Now that's why he's still around. Great mm-hmm. locker room guy. Correct. Right. So, we, as an NBA team, and this is where it gets a disconnect between those ownership guys, and it happens in business everywhere, to where people just look at analytics, numbers, thinking about things up top. They don't see the everyday locker room stuff, and they're not thinking about how, man, you got a kid, you got to teach him how to be professional, right? right? Yeah, you gave him a million dollars, but because Paul George and Chris Paul have their own personal trainers, who are, and they're already solidified superstars, they already know what diet gets them to where their best body weight is and everything else. You got a kid who don't know nothing. Right. They wake up the next day with, with millions and you haven't put anything in structure for him before he can grow into that. Right. Right. So start investing more. Right. And just start realizing that it's not all about analytics. It's about the personalization of, of, of everybody in your company, in your, in your, in your organization. And you guys, you have to, especially your draft picks, you have to go a little deeper into figuring out what makes this person tick, what's his strengths, what's his weaknesses, what his likes, dislikes. And you got to get to know that person and build his trust because you've invested a lot of money in this person, in this person you know? Yeah. yeah. And you want him to be successful. I don't think any organization would draft a person and say, we're going to draft you seven. You're in the lottery. And we expect you to fail. Well, if that's the case, then uh, you're in the wrong line of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 
that's the next stage too. I've seen we talk about how the game will evolve and everything else. Um, and the players are doing it. We're gonna always see players evolve because that's where it's the most natural. That's right. art in its own right. Like you can't control what a kid is doing on a playground by himself right. in the middle of Chicago, DC, or anything else. Like that's just gonna happen. Right. But then that next phase is the people at top, the people that don't play, the people that are in the gym, right? Like the scouts need to be better. Right. You need to have more of a, a a resume or more of an understanding or description on what type of scouts need to be here to be dictating what goes next. Because a lot of people are evaluating talent and they're not they're doing it off that analytical stuff. Right. right? You know, as, as, to a certain extent, that can be good. But if you're not a player or if you haven't been around somebody who has, you know, that IQ or understanding of the game at a different level. Then you're gonna be missing out on a lot of things that you just can't teach. Right. You know what I'm saying? Some right. things that just push you in a different space. Like I think the scouts need to be a little bit more held more accountable for those things. Right. GMs need to be firing themselves to an extent. Yeah, I mean it, listen, I'm I'm not even gonna get into the fact that numerous coaches have been fired, whether they won coach of the year, um, that current year or the previous year. Dwayne Casey. Um General managers need to look themselves in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And, and ownership needs to say, you know what? If a coach is unsuccessful, who hired that coach? Yeah. You know, if, if you're, if you're going to hire a coach as a GM, make sure that that coach has all the resources he or, he or she can be, uh, they need to be successful. But if they're unsuccessful, you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, did I give them everything they need? Word. You know, and we we talk about this really quick. Boston Celtics. Brad Stevens is should be under the hot lamp right now. For sure. Okay. And if he is, part of that blame goes to Danny Ainge. Mm-hmm. Who's their big? Who's their supporting personnel to go with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Kimball Walker? You know, who are those guys? You know, we know what's the kid from Oklahoma State? Marcus, Marcus Smart. Smart. He's out. I think he's been injured a little bit. Yeah. But what about the rest of the roster? Yeah. You got a million draft picks that you got from other deals in the previous years. Why aren't we using them? For sure. For sure. And then we talk about coaches that have been fired. Lord, Lloyd Pierce just lost his job as an Atlanta Hawk coach. Um, and, you know, that one is an interesting occasion because we mentioned that in one of the early podcasts, maybe episode five or so, to where I was saying that I think Atlanta is a playoff team because they have so much talent, right? And you were saying, you know, the, the downfall of that is when you get that much talent there, usually the coach, because it's a black coach. He was there when they were, when they were bad, with right. much expectations. Now he has a talent. Whether anything goes wrong, because what's really happened to Atlanta is injuries. Right. Gallinari's been hurt. A lot of right. the key players have been hurt. But what happened is now they put their blame on him. Right. He loses his job. Right. Right. And now Nate McMillan is the interim coach. And he was hesitant to take it because he was being so supportive of right. Roy Pitts. And, and rightfully so. And Nate McMillan is a great coach, by the oh, way. Excellent. But let me just say this. Um, in terms of the Atlanta Hawks, Lloyd Pierce did a great job considering all the injuries they had and they just got this talent this year. So it takes time for talent, especially young talent, 
to develop and mesh in consideration with the entire East getting better. Everybody in the East got better. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to take some time. So him, so them firing him was a little premature, I think. And I'm not going to say this just because he is a black coach. I'm going to say it's because he is the coach and it's a little premature. But him being a black coach does paint a different picture if that sure. it was premature. It's a shorter leash. It's a shorter leash. Think about it. My guy hit me. He said, Yo, Lloyd Pearson gone and Scott Brooks is still writing up X's and O's. Scott Brooks, <laughs> he coaches for the Washington Wizards. Coach Ryan has stated on several occasions that. You want to go to end your career? Go to the Wizards. Yeah. You want to go somewhere to possibly get a last bag? Go to the Washington Wizards. You're a coach or a GM, and you've kind of screwed up some other places, mm-hmm. but you want to get a parachute into retirement? Go to the Washington <laughs> Wizards because you got a legit chance yeah. of getting it done. Yeah. And therefore, we have Scott Brooks. Yeah. And what's crazy is, is that they've been on like a little win streak since. But you know Scott Brooks had nothing to do with that. And you think about his career. It's kind of just like the Budenholzer guy from Milwaukee. His time really should be up in Milwaukee. You know, you talk about the development of the Greek and, you know, his lacking as a skill and all that. And everybody puts so much of that on the Greek. So, my God, he got to be taught that. It ain't like he just wake up. We all wake up with a book that says this is how you become better as a player. and right. just drop it to you. Like, some of that needs to be on the team, on the coach from his time in Atlanta. Like, even the time when um, Scott Brooks was in OKC and the Thunder had the opportunity and when they lost 3-1, to one, right? And was Billy Donovan the coach then? Um, I'm not sure. So. I'm not sure. But even when in the finals, they don't give – they give all of that credit and all of that backlash to the players. Scott Brooks doesn't get any of that. Scott Brooks is just, you know, he won this, he went there, go. Then he go down the road – to the other side of the coast, to Sacramento. Luke Walton is still there. School Luke Walton there with no problems. Nobody said anything about it. Ethan, somebody's still holding a grudge against Luke Walton. <laughs> as a Laker, <laughs> as, as a Laker too, it was always perplexing to me yeah. to, that Luke Walton's very first NBA coaching job was the Los Angeles Lakers. That's your very first job. You didn't coach anywhere. You were the head coach anywhere in your very first hey, coaching man. job hey, with listen, the Los Angeles hey, Lakers. Derek Fisher's first job was with the Knicks. The Knicks were terrible. The Knicks, how were they? One championship to their name? I'm something just like saying, that? I'm just saying. Like your very first. But it's the Mecca of basketball. Crazy. Crazy. Some say Chicago, though. Some say Chicago. No, no, no. No, the Mecca of basketball is MSG. Oh, that's it. Like, oh. don't get it twisted. Like, no, don't, don't get it twisted. But, but we'll say that to where it's like, it got to be, I think that's the next thing. The game is suffering. And I, and you talk about it too. You said, I think you said player IQ? Player IQ. Yeah. Player IQ. You said players are dumber. <laughs> that's what you said. Players are dumber. But but and like I let you elaborate more than that because I don't want to screw, mess up your words on those things. But another way that the game is suffering is players. It's it's not that the players are dumber. It's just that less is required of them, and so when less is required of you, what do you mean? Less is required of you meaning that now it's it's all based on, for example. 
the style of play, pace and space, mm-hmm. shooting threes and making as many threes as possible. Mm-hmm. We saw an example just um, a couple weeks ago of, uh, was it the Denver Nuggets? Oh, a late man. game situation with somebody. And they were down two. They come down and there's it's four on oh for a quick second. And then it was four on one. And they pull up for three instead of going to the rack. Yes. And they lost the game. That's that's just that's it's a it's a little bit of um how can I say it the style of play the copycat league copycat league and the Steph Curry effect. Yeah, everybody wants to shoot threes. Yeah. No, that is not the way the game is played all the time. Yeah, certain situations for that. Nine times out of ten, you're down two. I think they might even been down one. I'm not mistaken. All they needed was a layup. I think maybe maybe you're right. I'm not sure, yeah. but a layup would have definitely given them another chance to win the game. Word, at least being overtime. And shooting a three is just for me. It's the easy way out of it. You know, now I see why Greg Popovich doesn't like the three. He's used it as a weapon because that's the way the game is played. But he doesn't like it because he's thinking that. Players too often settle for the three instead of doing the extra work instead of going to the basket. And the Denver Nuggets were a perfect example. And their coach even admitted it in the postgame that, why didn't we go for two? Yeah. But because everybody's being taught, space the floor. You get to the spot, you run to the three-point line, you catch and fire away. Instead of running the lanes all the way to the bucket and getting there too. Who do you put that onus on though? Because you said it. You know, that's what they've been taught. Right. We well, you gotta think about this. It's not necessarily all on the coaches because coaches have to do what's what's being sent down from the front office. Well, that's you even think like that's not only happening in the NBA. Right? Right? You know what I'm saying? That's not only happening there, like those habits and even for those guys that do shoot threes, they they're high scoring players because of what they do in between the lines in the paint. So what they talk Kyrie, talk about Harden, Book, all those guys, and I think like yeah. even their foundation or where they were taught at was like, look, you get here first. Yeah, here. yeah, but when you think about it, like we talk about grassroots basketball, nobody's talking about what Kyrie did in terms of finishing in the lane or getting to the lane or things like that. They're talking about the shot that he hit in the uh, championship run that they had for the, the Cavaliers. They're talking about that amazing step back three that's, that uh, Chris yeah. Paul may have made or Devin Booker may have made. They're not talking about that stuff, man. It's shooting threes or dunks. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember our coach in college one time saying that, like, everything had to be a three or a dunk. And I was like, I remember going to our system. I was like, that's not my game. I yeah. hit I hit rhythm threes. Your game is rhythm threes. But I get to mid-range. Yeah, I get to my mid-range elbows and stuff. But I remember I was actually the only player on my team that was actually shooting at my time. And I would pull up. But he also was to the point where he didn't say nothing to me about it anymore. Because I would shoot after practice in between lunch. On times two, I would shoot. I would be in there for an hour, hour and 30 with my assistant coach. Shooting those same shots he seen me pull up. I remember I was on fast break and I had somebody backpedaling and I had he pulled up the foul line and pulled the jumper, right? 
and people in the, like some of the guys on the bench was like, yo, Kirk. And I have to tell you, like, I see him shoot that shot 25, 30, 40, 50 times. Right. So if you don't like one thing, but I see you going and perfecting it, then you can go ahead and go here. Right. But my advantage was the fact that I had you and my uncle, my, you know, AU coaches to where telling me, like, look, this is your game. You talk about this with Leonard Hamilton. Yeah. If, if he's 6'9", but you play point, that's what you do That's well, what you do. That's no, what you do. I just need you to do this for me, yes. right? So, you know, the game's suffering. Yes. The kids are being creative, as always, parents and everything, coaches. Get in line and put them in places to be successful. Right. You know what I'm sure. That's how that goes. But we're going to go into um, something that we'll speak with this about in a more of a context of business and basketball and kind of keep it well-rounded because, as you always talk about, we are more than just coaches, athletes. Like, right. Uh, we got some layers to us, right? You keep right. peeling the onion back. You'd be like, oh, that's that's them? Like, you know, coach like to listen to Cafe, Cafe de Mar on the beach? Like, you know? Yeah, so, man, don't give away my secrets, man. <laughs> so we keep that in the tuck. <laughs> keep that in the tuck. But it's about the importance of sticking to a vision. You know, we, we got some people listening to here that, you know, they may be on the fence about starting something. Right. You know, they may be in the middle of something that they started and they hit a little fork in a row and they hesitant about keeping going. Um, but let's talk about the importance of sticking to a, vi- a vision. You know, one, the importance of having a vision to begin with and then sticking to it as you continue the course. Yeah. You know, of course, everybody has these these visions that, that come up come across their minds certain points of time, but are you able to write those visions down and then expand on them and then see them through? You know, and I'll say this, Coach Ryan is really good at taking his his mental visions and putting them to paper and then bringing them to life. Um, Myself, I'm a little more spontaneous. I go day to day. But Coach Ryan is really good at planning things out over a six-month period of time, 12-month period of time, and whatnot, and bringing them to life. And so if you have something that you're very passionate about and you believe in, you have to put that down on paper because you always have to have something that you can go back to and draw on during tough times. Because there's going to be tough times when you're an entrepreneur. That's just how it goes. And so the thing is, you want to make sure that you're able to go through every process from A, B, C, D, E, and F all the way through and have some type of track record of that. So that way, when things get tough, you can go back and correct mistakes or you can use things as motivation to go forward. Okay. You can learn from your mistakes because we all, we're all going to make mistakes, coach. For sure. We're all going to make mistakes. You know, you and I have been going through certain things here in the UAE where we thought that we may have had the solution and we found out a day or two later that we didn't. But we what we were able to do is go back on your notes and then go back and make adjustments and then attack it from a different angle going forward. Yeah. And I know you've you've been you're the OG. So you've been in these situations several different times, like entrepreneurial stuff like partnering with different people. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because what we say, like, 
because we're family, because we're friends, because your family's and friends with somebody, it does not mean that you need to get money with everybody. Correct. Right. So what are some of those lessons that you've gotten from those moments from when you were on early in your entrepreneurial days back in, you know, the twenties, thirties to where you're like, damn, I wish I would have. If somebody, if you want to go into business and it's a family member or a friend, if they're not willing to put the same amount of effort, the same amount of whether it's finances or uh, energy into the project that you're willing to put in, that's not your partner. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Sacrifice. Everybody's got to sacrifice the same amount of equity in the company. If not, you guys aren't partners. I'm sorry. I learned the hard way. Yeah. And what Coach is talking about, same exact thing we're saying on the court, which is why we understand that dynamic, right? Because yes. when we're playing, Coach pushing it up the court because that's his job, and I'm not running the wing fast enough. We can feel that because me not running the wing fast enough is not occupying that space for him to get that move off. Correct. Right? So if you're not putting in the, the, those, that time, that effort on the side for the business to go a little bit further, we're going to feel that. That's going to turn into anguish. That's going to turn into somebody having an issue and their business falling apart and not going well. You know, that's how that basketball stuff going on. When we talk about sticking to a vision, the one thing I've learned, um, shout out to my Aunt Lisa, she – she 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 does this like she's a mastermind. My uncle talk about it all the time. You know, if you got a question, go go to her with those things. Must be business wise. But from her and then what I've done, because what I also learned is you got to educate yourself. Because you may have the vision, right? And sometimes having that vision, you may have an idea about some things you have no clue about. Right. This <laughs> this right here, and this is just me thinking, man. How do we just get on camera and make something happen? Right. Or there's some other things we got to cover later. I know cool about. I sit, I study, I look at those things and make the vision come clear. But what also helps, especially with our whole mountain thing, is we got a clear mission and a clear vision. Right? The mission and vision statements are really, really clear. And they're like guardrails. Right? So whenever we're making a decision about should we partner with this person, is this new contact really useful? Or not, or if we should go in this direction, or if we're talking to our business team and they're making some suggestions and all of us are kind of like, "Mm, no, not really. We go look at the vision and mission. We say, does this help us get to where we want to go here? And everybody says, nope, it's clear. That's not it. And we can wash our hands with it. Right. You know, Um, that's the same way of like we're teaching a move to a kid and they're like, oh, why am I doing this? Right. We can clearly say, this is exactly why. And then show them. And they're like, oh, all right. Now we'll go harder into that space. Right. Right. Like all those things are really important to have. Um, it's it's a it's a funny time too, because I talk about educating ourselves. We both gotta do it all the time. Like it's <laughs> a whole new space of being in, like we figuring out, you know, new contracts to put together and all these different things. And, Different lingo. Yeah. Yeah. And different, just different things being in the UAE, period. Yeah. 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 So um, that's something that you want to make sure as a coach, too, you have a vision for your team. Where are you going to take your team? Where are you going to put it? As a player, be able to visualize what it is you want to get out of the game. Right. That helps you when it's time to exit, too. Because that's that's one thing I know people have trouble with. Right, coach? 
letting that ball go when the air come out of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> There's a lot of people who hang on too long Yeah. instead of realizing that it's time for someone else to get a chance. Yeah, for sure. Don't take up that space. Um, so sticking to a vision, that's, a, that's important. As you start to grow, you start to get somewhere. Establish a clear vision, and it's okay to tweak it. You know, it's okay to tweak it, push it here, push it there, and keep it in line, and then make it happen that way. Um, you got any last ones there? Because he ain't giving you the game, but the OG, he really been in some, you know, some some opportunities that's been dope as far as, you know, entrepreneurial stuff, you know, first-time things that happen. We'll, we'll get into story time later with some other stuff, but you got anything else for some of those young entrepreneurs? No, at this point in time, just because that's probably a segment we need to um, devote to the yeah. entire podcast in terms of just talking about the entrepreneurship but um right now let's just keep it basic if the other person that's considered your partner doesn't have as much to lose as you do they're not your partner for this particular project i'm sorry yeah yeah that's real that's real and if you you don't always have to donate money or have money to get right we'll talk about this more but sweat equity Yep. So equity. I'm just out of college, out of grad school. All I got is ideas and energy. Right? <laughs> and so for me to be partners with, you know, gentlemen that are two, 20 years older than me, established, you know, maybe a millionaire, maybe not, you know, like those people for me to be there for them to hold my words with some weight and like really take that. It's all off sweat equity because I don't have a dime to give, <laughs> right? But you know how to create value for things. So, right. you know, create a vision, stick to it. And as somebody who always told me, shout out to our uh, partner in Kuwait, said everybody has an idea, but not everybody can get it done or not everybody takes the necessary steps to get it done. Shout so, out to Matham. Yeah, big shout out to him. Um, so, you know, we'll keep that there. We have, oh, we, we just wrap up sticking to a vision. Um, that's something... Just give a little insight on what, what people think our, our business talk is like for us. It's a little bit of a taste, a little sprinkle. Um, but now we got um, one of those things that we talk about, you know, you look at a player and you can say, it's just something different. It's moving different. Sport, anything. Having a chip on your shoulder, right? Like, what is that, you know, what that looks like, how, that, how you see it as a coach. As a coach, when you look at a kid, that sometimes having that chip on the shoulder that means a little bit more aggressive with things, or sometimes people try to hold that in, pull that in. You know, we talk about um, Gary Payton. You told me something I didn't know. You told me that Gary Payton's first two years in the league, he was almost out. Yeah, he's right. Yeah. And I, I remember seeing a video of him talking about his uh, his shoes as a player, talking about the glove and his player exclusives with the Jordans. And he mentioned how he almost lost his deal with Nike because he was almost out the league until that year. But that's a guy talking about a chip on his shoulder. Right. And you talk about there's a new coach that came that kind of told him, like, look, you need to be who you are. Right. Don't let that chip go. Right. And then we get this job. But as a coach, when you see that kid with a chip on his shoulder, like, what's the difference between that and somebody got an attitude problem? The the person with the, the chip on his shoulder is a person that just feels as though they're not being appreciated in mm-hmm. terms of their skill, their craft. Um, the person with the with the attitude is a person that 
you're genuinely trying to help and they just won't accept or receive any help or any constructive criticism. And it's it's a big difference. It's it's hard to um, differentiate each time, but, you know, as a coach, that's your job to figure out which is it. Chip on their shoulder, playing a little more aggressively, or this person just has a nasty attitude. They don't want to listen to anybody. Mm -hmm. But as a coach, you know, if you get to know the players, and I think I mentioned this before, and I probably mentioned it 5,000 more times, you get to know each player. You kind of know what makes them tick. Mm -hmm. And even if it's a player that has a nasty attitude, it's your job to find a way to reach that player. I'm sorry. That's just, you, you got to do the extra work. You got to find a way to make that player play up to their potential to help your team and to help themselves. That's your job as a coach. And and I've noticed even as a, a from as a player perspective, that chip on the shoulder does give you a different bounce when you walk on the court sometimes. Oh, for sure. It's dog eat dog. It's a jungle in there. Like when you got that chip on your shoulder, it's just it's just something in you that is burning different. For sure. It it could be the difference in your career. You think about a player such as, and people may think I'm crazy. Think about a player like Jimmy Butler. For sure. If Jimmy Butler didn't play with a, a chip on his shoulder, Jimmy Butler very well may not be in the NBA. Word. Just Word. because his overall impact on the game isn't something that just stands out all the time when you see it, like say a LeBron. But there's moments where Jimmy Butler can rise to the occasion of LeBron. We saw that. But that's not to negate everything else Jimmy Butler has done and brings to a team. Mm -hmm. And so a person like Pat Riley and their exposure, they see that and value that um, because Jimmy Butler has helped in the development of other players on that team. Yeah, a culture. When you talk about that chip on the shoulder, that's him saying – I don't care if LeBron in front of me. Correct. I'm going to take that shot. I'm going to strap up. I'm going to do all those different yeah. things. And by all means, give me that guy that got the chip on the shoulder. Right. We just, we just talked about a business partner. You need somebody that got as much to lose as you do. Right. I need you to carry it like you care. Right. right? I need you to act like if if he scores, it's a problem. Yeah. Right. If that person misses that payment, it's a problem. If right. you guys don't send that email out on time, it's an issue. Like, right. If you don't hold Ethan, up, man. Yeah. If, if he you, doesn't push that button. Right. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a, a problem, problem, Ethan. And if you don't do it because you do have that chip on your shoulder and you care, then you'd be like, man, I got to make up for that. Right. On that other different side. So, like, with that that chip, I guess sometimes people call it finding me. You know, why? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. That's one of those, like, buzzwords, things that people talk about finding it. You know, why? But... They got to be something else that's motivating you and pushing you to do whatever it is that you do. Right. Man, it, it's it's not easy. People talk about getting up, working out three times a day and going to do all these different things. It's not easy to do any of that stuff. Like, it's not fun right. either. Like, there are your days when you love to do it, but I promise you every day that LeBron wake up and work, it's not, he's like, all right, I can start to do it. It's because he's like, I'm tired today, but I'm chasing MJ, Magic, and Kareem, and Will, and right. Kobe. And not not even just the people he's chasing, but his appreciation for what he has. Respect. Yeah. That's, you got to respect your job. If you don't respect your job, you got to find a different job. And those guys in the league, most of them that get up and work out every day and take care of their bodies and whatnot, 
they respect the job they have because they know that myself, you, Ethan, uh, Abdella, or anybody else would love to trade places with those guys. For sure, for sure. And then even on the everyday thing, it's kind of like have a chip on your shoulders too. Yeah. Even if you're not working in the NBA, if you're not playing a professional sport, if you're not playing sports, period. I have a little edge to you. Right. That's kind of, that's part of the culture too that we're giving to our kids that come to Hoop Mountain. To where we don't expect all of you guys to be collegiate basketball basketball players or pro players. But we can help mold you personality-wise so you can fend off (laughs) some of these worldly things that you have to deal with. Right. Get a little chip on your shoulder. Right. You're like, no, I can't do this. Right. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to run through a wall to get it done. We talked about it today in practice. Yeah. Take pride in what you do. Yeah. There's no point doing it if you're not going to take pride in it. And, you know, whether it's something as small as making a bounce pass, a chest pass, or um, showing up to work on time, showing up to work in the proper yeah. uh, work attire, yeah. just having pride in what you do, because there's no point in doing it if you're not going to take pride in it. Great. Right. That's it. Well, I, I think right there, that's a, Good note to push it off on. Um, you guys sat with us through our, our third video. You know, um, it's another feel good episode. Right. Get to talk about some things. You know, um, this is my my first episode as a twenty nine year old. After his six day birthday, yeah. shot again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a leap year. I'm a leap year too. So that's why I celebrate the way I do. So imagine what I'm gonna do. When my actual birthday comes around three years, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. But um, you know, it's post game wrap up time. Um, before we get to post game wrap up, want to remind everybody in, in the UAE, Coach and I are easily accessible um, per COVID rules that the government has put in line. Of right. course, you know we can do what we can to talk with you, but you can find us hoopmountain.ae. Hoop Mountain DXB on Instagram. Our WhatsApp and contact information are on both platforms. You can find us, call us. You'll see us around more and more as time develops. We'll be here. Um, come through with your children. We'll take good care of them. And soon come, we'll be taking care of you guys too. Because we have some new things coming for all of you. Um, we'll grow with us as we grow. But post game wrap up. That's when. You know, you know, the locker room talk after the game, win or loss, you reflect on it and you leave with your parting speeches. Um, you got something for us today? Um, especially for the hoop bound hoops, hoop stars, dream big. Find something that you want to do ultimately with your life and and think of the the very top of that thing that you want to do and and shoot for it and and do your best every day to get to a space where you can achieve your goal. But just know that you're dreaming big and you're at the top of whatever you want to do. But if you fall short for some reason, which happens in life every day, you've given everything in your power to obtain your goal, you'll be able to sleep better at night. So just dream big and just go for it. Well, encouragement. We always get those good words from the OG. Um, for me, for me, I always, I always start like that. That's, 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 that's you. That's, that's Coach Ryan. Everything is about moi. 
and then yeah. coming to everybody else. Clearly, it's not true, you know. But we'll let you have that. Uh, today, some of us have every reason to fail, and we're still making it work, all right? And sometimes it seems like there's something in front of us at all times. It's been like, yo, keep pushing it, keep pushing it. But I would like to remind us all that if it was easy, everybody would do it. If it was easy to get up and do these things, everybody would do it, right? So having that chip on your shoulder, having that vision, all of those things bottled up together to help you remember that what I want is not easy. It wasn't put here to be easy, right? I want something that's beyond what some people can even see. So stick to it. Head fast. Just worry about what's in front of you. Focus on your goal. Feel all of those feelings in between the start and the finish. Feel that fall on the ground. Feel that loss. Feel those little victories. You know, feel all those moments of insecurity, uncertainty. Because it makes that victory feel even much better. So, that's us. Bridging the Gap Podcast.